From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. In 2020, Queen Elizabeth bestowed on Mobile native Marty Irby an award for his efforts to protect racehorses from abuse. Marty Irby is executive director of the nonprofit Animal Wellness Action in Washington, D.C., and he joins us by Skype to talk about that award from the late Queen, as well as animal welfare issues that have an impact on today's economy and health. Marty, when Queen Elizabeth died, I thought of you because you had a special connection. What was that? Well, I did. Queen Elizabeth actually granted me not only the greatest honor of my life, but the kindest gesture I would say anyone ever has with an award in 2020 from Her Majesty for my work to end the soaring of Tennessee walking horses and for working to end drugging and horse racing and spreading natural horsemanship training methods around the globe, specifically for me here in the U.S. A friend of mine is her horse trainer, Monty Roberts, the man who listens to horses. They had a 35-year relationship, and he said in over 200 times that he called her unannounced, not once did she fail to come to the phone. So in early 2020, right after COVID hit, he asked me to share a seven- or eight-page document that I prepared for Her Majesty, and she read my life story apparently several times. And then one rainy August evening in 2020, I found a knock at the door and a package that said Royal Mail from Windsor Castle. And in it was this certificate of recognition and award for this work. And I just was absolutely floored. So I am so sad to see us lose her. To me, I think she was the greatest horse protector, at least in the last century or two. Can you describe the award? Well, it was a certificate of recognition that said for my extraordinary efforts to end violence and spread this message of Monty Roberts around the globe. And that is a training method of natural horsemanship where they actually communicate with the horse. Monty Roberts studied the wild horses as a child out on the Western Range, and he learned how they communicate with each other. And he learned how to become a part of the herd where horses accept you. And this gets them to want to do what you're asking them to do instead of what most people do, and that's trying to force a horse to get what they want to. And my life, I have seen this practice of soaring, which is S-O-R-I-N-G, and that is the intentional infliction of pain to horses' front feet and legs, primarily Tennessee walking horses and the Alabama racking horse, which is the state horse. This causes them to lift their legs higher in an artificial high step known as the big lick, we have been trying to stamp that out for the past 17 years I've been working with Monty Roberts. And it persisted for most of the time that Queen Elizabeth was the queen. And it only occurs here in the U.S., but it was about the same timeline, the early to late 1950s when the practice came into play. And so we're going to do all that we can and work harder than ever to get this legislation the Prevent All Soaring Tactics Act passed that would end this abuse. Marty, you're the former president of the Tennessee Walking Horse Breeders and Exhibitors Association. You have major news about the U.S. House Commerce Committee and this act. Well, I do. I have to say, quite honestly, I think it's a miracle. Somebody else is helping us from above because during the funeral on Monday, I actually got the news from the House Commerce Committee 
that they were going to do what they call a markup on the Prevent All Soaring Tactics Act. And in 10 years since the legislation has been introduced, it's never reached that stage before. It passed through the committee by a vote of 46 to 9, and we were elated to see that bipartisan support. I think that it will move to the House floor for a vote now. So we're elated that this would happen around the timing of her passing. And members of Congress who, you know, had a special affection for the queen that probably want to help advance this. Basically, you're talking about soaring of these horses' legs. Can they lift their legs high without the soaring? Well, they do have a natural step, and it is higher than most breeds, the Tennessee walking horse, the Alabama wrecking horse, and spotted saddle horses. But us humans, we're always trying to make them do more. So they cannot step as high as what this pain-based gait they perform is now, but they can naturally, with the right training, probably step about half that high, and they can put on a great show, and that's what the horse once was. This was America's horse, the horse that Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and John Wayne and Elvis Presley rode, and now most people won't even associate with these breeds because of this abuse, and they don't want to have the stigma attached to their horse riding. There are several podcasts that the listeners can listen to and learn more about some of these issues that you're talking about. You've been fighting cockfighting for a while, and that's one of the podcasts. Yes, it is. And cockfighting is a major issue in Alabama. Last fall, because of our efforts and investigation, seven members of one family in Verbena were indicted. They have now pled guilty and are awaiting sentencing. But we really didn't want to have to bring the federal government in because they were prosecuted under the federal law. It's a federal felony to engage in cockfighting activities. But on the state level in the state of Alabama, cockfighting still stands at a maximum $50 fine because the law has not been updated since the late 1800s. And I even talked to some of the state legislators that are friends of mine from around Mobile County, and one of them said, I would love to help you introduce the bill, but if I did that, all of the cockfighters right around my hunting camp would burn my hunting camp down. I've met a lot of resistance in the state legislature. I wrote Governor Ivey about the issue and contacted her office and have never received a reply. So it's a little disappointing, but I hope more and more people in the state will speak up and help eradicate this terrible practice and abuse in the state. I know one of your concerns about cockfighting was that these birds come from all over the world and can spread disease, including not just to fowl, but to humans. Yes, they actually can. Avian influenza is a major issue. Newcastle disease is another major issue. We have now seen avian influenza in 40 of the United States this year. We've seen outbreaks. They ship these birds through the mail as far as Guam, where we have traced them in our investigations from Alabama. And birds come in from other areas because they want to cross the bloodline. So it can cause billions of dollars of damage because when you get these flocks that have avian influenza, and there's a lot of poultry in Alabama, commercial flocks, they have to depopulate the whole flock. So they actually have to gas all of the birds and they die. Then the USDA typically reimburses or subsidizes the farmer that loses those birds. And I know as of at least six months ago, the APHIS department of USDA had spent several billion dollars fighting this issue because they've had to depopulate these flocks. So if we can prevent that on the front end by not having these birds shipped everywhere, we can also save our taxpayers millions and billions of dollars. One other podcast addresses a real concern right now in Alabama called Caged Hunts and the Spread of Chronic Wasting Disease. This has all of the hunters really nervous. They should be because that's just like avian influenza, but it's worse. 
there's a internationally renowned guy named Ted Williams who is into wildlife. He's a hunter and an angler. And he came on our podcast and talked with us. And he is very much against can hunting because it occurs all over the U.S. They actually have these facilities where they breed deer and they keep them enclosed so that they can grow a certain size set of antlers. Then they go do a canned hunt. So it's deers out there doesn't have a chance. That creates a situation where there's in too close a proximity to each other all the time because they can't roam free. If one gets chronic wasting disease, it's a spread like wildfire. It is really something that people should be concerned about. There's a version of chronic wasting disease that actually affects humans. And I had a friend that was a veterinarian in Mobile, and then he actually got it, and it eats holes in your brain. That is what it does, and died from it, and that was very tragic. But it's a very real concern for both these animals and humans alike. Well, thank you so much for joining us by Skype today. So great to be back with you again, Carolyn, as always. Joining us by Skype from Washington, D.C. was Mobile native Marty Irby, Executive Director of the Animal Wellness Action Nonprofit. More information plus the podcast can be found at their website, animalwellnessaction.org. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which also is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.